0: And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm so glad that I have experienced the rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were seated. I'm glad that I come to the house of the Lord every service, and I can feel the presence of God that I can feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost and know that my Redeemer liveth and that he reigneth forever. Could you clap your hands to the Lord? You may be seated. Before the Holy Ghost ever fell, there was a sound. Before the Holy Ghost can change your life, you have to release the sound. The sound is something that you are responsible for. The sound is more than just worship. The sound is more than just your praise. The sound is more than you coming to the house of God. The sound is the sound of your faith working. And when your faith is working, you are applying the principles of God's worth in your life. Praying changes behaviors. Praying changes behaviors. It changes the behavior of a person that they begin to seek God instead of seeking their own will. Putting boundaries in place, putting boundaries in places, getting things out of your home, thing, uh, changing habits, behaviors, prayer changes behaviors. It puts God at the forefront of your life before every outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In the Bible and in your life, you have to release the sound. I was excited when Pastor began this service by opening up and, and saying the words about the sound of the wind, of the sound of the power of God being released in our lives. There are, there are things that can change the speed of sound. Sometimes when sound hits water, it slows Sometimes when sound hits obstacles such as metal or steel or iron, it slows down. You can slow down the speed at which sound can reach its destination. We can put obstacles in place. uh, There's a church that I used to attend and we had sound boards all over the walls The reason being is with sound boards on the walls, it will hit the echoes. It will absorb those echoes. Interesting thing about sound is if you put buffers in the corners, that's where bass sounds tend to dwell. So if you want to reduce the bass sound in a church, you put corner buffers. If you want to reduce the sound of treble, you put sound buffers up high on the wall. But sound is an amazing thing on orchestras and in musical uh, uh, instruments. A lot of times there is pipe organs. There is the sounds of auditoriums because we love the sound of reverb. We love the sound of echo. The reason is because it adds dimension to the sound. Supposedly, there is a sound room here in the United States that buffers 99.99% of every sound. And within an hour of being in this room, some have claimed that you can actually begin to panic because, with no sound hitting your body, you can't dis- differentiate objects even though we are not as attuned as what bats are with the acoustics of sound, we get our bearing by the reflection of sound. We hear sound, that's why we have an ear on each side of our head. I don't know if you ever notice that there's a, there might be a dog and you're hunting and he'll cock his head one way or the other. Sometimes we do the very thing because we have bilateral hearing, so we can differentiate from whence cometh the sound. Sound is a dimensional thing. We can hear when something is coming or it's going. We can hear when things approach or when they are leaving. So it's important that we realize that, again, before the Holy Ghost ever fell, before God can do anything in your life, somebody has to release a sound. The Bible tells us in the beginning that God spoke into the chaos. He spoke upon the voice of the waters. He spoke upon the chaos. His word separated the water from the firmament. The Bible tells us that in Ezekiel 43, and afterwards he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. And behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice, and his voice was like the noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. I begin to think about sound. I begin to think about the importance of sound in our life. Begin to think about what, it's, what it would be like to not hear. What it would be like to not enjoy music. I begin to think about what it would be like to not hear my grandchildren in my house when they come over. And the clamor and the clutter. There are times that I wish the sound would go away. But once the sound is gone, I'm grateful that I can hear the sound of life. I can hear the sound of another generation. I can hear the sound of the future. We here in this church, and oftentimes we hear a baby crying, and rightly so, we take them out and take care of their needs. But a church that doesn't have the sound of children, A church that doesn't have the sound of crying babies. A church that doesn't have the sound of noisy new people. A church that doesn't have the sound of the clamor of saints that don't know when to be quiet and when to shut up and when to worship and when to settle down is a church that's dead. A church that is dried up. Because the Bible tells me that where there are no oxen, there is no labor. Where there is no sound, there is no life. I begin to think about the Word of God, and the Word of God is a noisy book. You think about the Word of God, it's a noisy book. There are many uh, stories in the Bible that there is much noise There is wind. There is the sound of many waters. There is the roar of God's voice. There is the sound of walls that crumble down. There is the sound of armies. There is the sound of trumpets. The Bible is very explicit that when Jesus comes, that he is going to split the sound. He's going to split the sky with the voice of an archangel. He's going to split the clouds with the voice of our creator. The reason why voice and sound is so important is because voice and sound signifies birth. It signifies creation. You think about it. Every word that's coming out of my mouth right now, every word that you've spoken today has never been put together like it has been in this time and in this hour, when we speak, we are creating. We are made in the image of God, and God is a creator. The Bible tells us that out of our mouth comes the voice of life or death. So it's our job to be in the business of creating life. That we speak into people life. We speak into people hope. We speak into people there is something coming that's better than this world. We're hearing about the voices of many down in Ashbury, Kentucky. That are raising their their voices. And you know what? It started with two young people. Who after a pretty mundane uh, chapel service. They stayed after the service and began to pray. And they just began to pray and they prayed. Uh, I heard a story today that they were in there by themselves for approximately an hour. And they began to pray even more, and then somebody else joined, and somebody else joined. And after a while, the place was filled to capacity with over 1,500 people. Until today, it has existed with over 1,500 people that are packed into a building. There is no one in charge. Yes, there is administration overseeing the works of the Lord, that everything be done decently in order. But I heard today the way they're working it is there are three people that go up and praise and worship, and then they slowly leave, and three more people come up. They've had uh, famous singers that have asked to come and sing, and they've said, Well, if you come and sing, you've got to be prayed for first because we don't want a big show here. We're not going to name this thing, we're not going to call it anything, we're not going to have an agenda. We're not going to put a price tag on it. We're not going to put a time limit on it. We're just going to let God do what he wants to do. Often we're looking for God to do it in our way, in our time. We want an apostolic preacher to get up in front of somebody and begin to preach like uh, uh, Peter did on the day of Pentecost, but you know what? God does it in the way he wants to do it. He's sovereign. He doesn't always pick the vessels that we want. He doesn't always pick the people or the style of preaching that we want. He doesn't always do it in the form or the fashion that we think is acceptable. God chose the foolish things of this world to confound The wise, God is going to take somebody you least expect and revival would begin to break out in this place. It won't look like what you think it ought to look. It won't sound like you think it ought to sound, but it will be known by its works. Before the Holy Ghost ever fell, there was a sound. Before the Holy Ghost can change your life, you have to release a sound. Your life has to bring forth the sound of the praises of God. Psalms tells us that there are high praises and that there are low praises. We are in the house of God and the high praises of God are going forth. But every day that you live and walk in front of the people that you work with, your home and your family, there are low praises of God that are going forward. That your life is praising God in such a profound manner that no one can hear what you're saying. But often, we're saying so much that people can't hear what God is trying to do because it's us doing the talking and not the sound of our life bringing forth the praises of God. (laughs) The sound of living for God. What does that sound like in your life? The sound of worship and the sound of praise. Just like in rocket science, there comes a point where we meet something called maximum aerodynamic pressure. Pardon me for a second while the geek comes out of me. When your praise begins to burst out of you and you try to press toward heaven, there is a pressure, there is a pressure that comes against you like your old habits. Pressure from your old behaviors. Pressure from your own things that you believe to be true false ideas and belief systems that you think God works by. But you know what? He doesn't work according to your agenda. He doesn't do it the way you think it ought to be done. God does it in the way he sees fit. And most of the time, it is in profound and silly ways. Just like David did before the Lord, he danced and Micah looked and thought him silly and rebuked him in her heart. And God struck her barren because she was making fun of the king of all of Israel that was worshiping before God. He wasn't naked, as some suppose, but the Bible says he took off his kingly robes, and he was in his linen ephod, which was just his undergarments, and he was a decent man. But yet he began to worship without his identity. He began to worship without a name that was pegged to him. He wasn't an apostolic. He wasn't even a Christian. Just think about that for a moment. David was not a Christian. David was not an apostolic. David was not a Pentecostal. He was a Hebrew. He was a Hebrew king. He was a Hebrew king that worshipped one God, and he didn't even know the name of the God that he worshipped. He called him Elohim. He called him Jehovah Jireh. He called him Jehovah Shama. He didn't even know who he was worshiping. He just knew that it was the God of all creation. And yet in his wisdom, he stood in front of all of Israel. And he took off what he considered to be his identity. And he threw it to the side and said, I'm going to worship the king of all creation. Not as a king, but as a child of God who knows who my Redeemer is, who liveth and reigns forever. Hallelujah. Somebody just for a moment begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Gods. Not as a Christian, not as an apostolic, but just as a child of the King of Kings. When your praise begins to, worst, to burst out of you, and the pressure of your behaviors, the pressure of your illogical thinking, the pressure of, I'm not good enough, the pressure of, I wasn't born in this, the pressure of, I, uh, I made some mistakes last week, or today I cussed, or today I did something that I shouldn't. You know what? None of us, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, that our righteousness, that the best of us, our righteousness is as filthy rags. So don't let the devil tell you that you have to reach some level of attainment to tap into the glory of God. There were two 25-year-old people in Ashbury that just begin to pray. And they begin to pray without ceasing. And now, I don't know how many days since, 10, 12, 14, I'm not sure the date right now. But as they have begun to pray, today I saw footage of groups of people outside where apostolic or not apostolic, it doesn't matter, were praising God and speaking in other tongues. But it's at that point when the pressure of sound, listen to me, begins to build up at the end of your life, just like it does on the end of a rocket as it begins to throttle through the space, through the air to reach outer space. It's called Max Q. It's at the point just before the speed of sound where sound begins to pile up on the end of that rocket. And there's a place on that rocket, if you, I've watched rocket launch after rocket launch, and if Elon decides to shoot something off here tonight, my phone's going to buzz, and I'm going to turn on Facebook, and I'm going to watch him as another rocket goes up into space, and I'm going to hear him say, we're getting ready for Max-Q. Max-Q is when the maximum aerodynamic pressure begins to push on that rocket, and in just for a moment, they throttle down that rocket so that it, just for that moment, it can, it can slow down. And I begin to think, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. It's at that moment that many of us face that maximum aerodynamic pressure that we back off and the thing throttles and it stalls and it comes to a halt in our life. But what God, I believe, is asking us tonight is to say, just hold on, just back off just for a minute, not your efforts, but just wait on the Lord because once that rocket breaks the speed of sound, that aerodynamic pressure drops and it begins to slice through the air, and the pressure goes away. And then it reaches 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. It goes up to 15,000 miles per hour. That thing is slicing through space, but it's just at that speed of sound, just at that point when you reach. Your limit in your life. Many of you have come, and I've watched this church over the last year, and it is nothing different than any other church that I've been in. Many of you, God brings you to a point where you are broken. God is trying to break you, and then all hell, uh, all hell breaks through in your life. Somebody offends you in the church. Somebody gets on your last nerve, and what you do is you don't back off just for a little bit. You back off altogether. And you decide that your best option is just to stay home and wait it out because there's a bunch of hypocrites in this church. Well, let me give you a news flash. There will always be hypocrites on this pew. They'll never leave. They'll never go away. You know why? Because you show up. Let me let that sink in for a minute. I work in addiction all the time. and I told, I told pastor that it is almost like I go to church every single day of my life. It's exhausting. Oh, my God. My pills are late. Oh, you were drinking a gallon of vodka last week. What are you talking about? Your pills are late. No, I got to stand in this light and wait on them, and I don't know what they're doing. You people don't know what, to, what, what in the world you're doing. Well, a week ago, you were under a bridge drinking a gallon of vodka, and now you're worried about that your pills are a couple of minutes late. I'm telling you, people, AMA, which is leave against medical advice all the time, because somebody gets on their, 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 their nerve. Their skin is so thin that you could blow on them, and their skin will rip. you got to have the skin of a rhino if you're going to live for God and live in this world. If we all gave up every time somebody looked at us wrong or said something they shouldn't or made a mistake or did something human, there wouldn't be anybody here. Come on. Toughen yourself up a little bit. Press through that max cue. Many of you, instead of pressing through it, you decide to coast to a halt. And we all know what happens to a rocket when it coasts to a halt. It's called, let's see if I can remember this right, an unplanned auto disassembly. Let that sink in for a minute. The rocket crashes and it's an unplanned disassembly. It explodes. For those of you that live in the country, it explodes. So you, call, you come to a coast in your life, and your life is going to crash and burn. Because it's God saying, hold on, just press through this. Yes, it's pressure. Yes, it fe- doesn't feel good. But change never does feel good. I have never been through change in my life where it felt comfortable. Because when you change, you're doing something different than you did the day before. And you don't know what the next steps is. He said that my steps are ordered. He orders the steps of the righteous. He is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Why? Because I don't know what the next step's going to be. But I'm going to take it anyhow. Jesus said he was wounded in the house of his friends. And many of us walk in here sometimes from day to day. And the pressure of the sound of the anointing of God, we can't handle because God's trying to bring out of you those faults and those failures and those behaviors. We call them faulty thinking. We call them irrational belief systems where people are against you. I'm sorry you're not that important that somebody is talking about you. We call it terminal uniqueness. Oh, you just don't know. Oh, you don't know. This is today. I promise you, I'm not, am I making this stuff up? I'll come home and say you cannot make this stuff up. We had a woman the other day that came in on an ambulance, and she had one of those big 7-Eleven cups filled with water. We got her into the place, and she blew a blood alcohol. I don't know why she didn't explode. And somebody got to smell it, and it was a big one of those 32-ounce things, and it was filled with vodka. She's walking into an addiction uh, uh, facility. But you know what? She came to the right place because we knew what to do with her vodka. We dumped it out. And we put her on medication because you can't just stop drinking alcohol or you'll die. And there's a way to do it. Uh, and unless there's a miracle involved, and most of the time you've got to go through a process to get out of that mess that you put yourself into. It's just the same way with living for God. Some of you come in here, and I've been guilty of it too. I've made a mess of my finances and my life, and I come to an altar and I repent and I get blessings and I and I do the hee-haw dance and I kick my leg and I go back, and the checkbook is still minus two hundred dollars. Had nothing to do with God and had everything to do with the fact that I ate out every night that week. And I had to have the best pair of shoes and I had to have this and I had to have that. God said, give me a minute. Give me a minute to work in your life. The sound of living for God. The sound of living for God. Worship seems to go nowhere, but if you just wait for a moment as the rocket of your life throttles down for a a, a moment so that you can pass that point of maximum aerodynamic pressure, your life will see things that you have never experienced before. Maybe you want to call it a breakthrough. But it's at that point when life begins to calm down, where life begins to smooth out for you. I'm not saying you're going to stay there forever. That's not reality. Because there are many barriers. There was the sound barrier. Then there's the light barrier. And then there are other barriers in life that we, we go through. The Bible talks about that we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. What builds your faith? Pressure. What builds your faith? Adversity. What builds the glory of God in your life is when you are reduced and he is exalted. That doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel good when you are debased in your will and God is exalted because then you have to come face to face with the reality that I was, uh, that I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I am filthy flesh. I am I don't deserve to be behind this pulpit. I don't deserve to walk in, in, into this building and lift up holy hands. But he makes me worthy. He justifies the faith. Hallelujah. He gives strength to the meek. He gives power to the humble. He blesses those that bless him. He gives victory to those that shout the sounds of victory. He changes our habits and behaviors. But get ready for an explosion to happen. Because if you've ever been around something that broke through the sound barrier, that pressure on the end of that rocket will boom. And that boom is you pressing through a barrier. Many of you have been right. You have been right so close to that barrier that it was getting ready to explode, but you backed off, and you didn't give God the opportunity to do his next best best thing in you. The presence of God can truly release power in your life, but it takes the sound of the Holy Ghost, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. He is the voice of many waters. He is my Redeemer. Every time in the word of God that you see where God moved, there was a sound. Can you imagine? uh, Can you imagine what happened? I'll read part of it. It was read the other day, uh, Joshua 6. Now, Jericho, I already had this in my notes. I'm not copying anybody. A fortified city was tightly closed because of the people. They feared. Just imagine, it's estimated at this, that time that there were about three million Jews that walk, walked across uh, the Red Sea. So can you imagine? I don't, the, the walls of Jericho, uh, some scholars say, were six feet thick. They were impenetrable. By the weapons that they had at that time. They had nothing to fear. But suddenly three million people show up outside your do- the door and they were afraid and they locked the doors tight. And what did they do? They did nothing. They walked around in silence. Three million people. That's creepy. That's super creepy. Three million people just walking in silence around your walls. You ever thought about it? It creep me to death. What are they doing? They're not saying anything. They're not doing anything. There's these priests in front of them with these frilly robes, and they just keep walking. What's going on? If you've ever watched Veggie Tales, the peas that were on top of the walls, they were looking down going, what's going on? That's what I'd be doing. What are they doing? Next day, three million people show up. That's a lot of Happy Meals and Coca-Colas walking. What are they doing now? They're just walking around the wall. Man, that's creepy. Who does that? God does that. He does strange and awesome things that don't make sense to us. Third day, here, three million people come walking around. Someone probably walking like me. Walking around, their back hurt, they're limping. Got Gimpy up here on the second row, walking around. (laughs) What are they doing? I don't know. Fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. What are they doing? You know what? Three million people walked around, and guess what? They're walking around again. Fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time. Nothing happens until the sound Until the sound, until the sound. And then we forget the second part of the story. The sounds of the trumpet blowed, but then three million people begin to shout, begin to shout, begin to holler and scream, and then lift their voices to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. And the walls fell flat. I'm telling you, the only thing that's stopping a move of God in your life is because God can't hear anything out of you. He can't hear it out of your life. He doesn't hear it in your worship. I watched a man uh, do a Facebook video today, just bawl and cry. He was an apostolic man of God. And he said, oh, my God. He said, God's convicted me so badly. He said, I walked up there, and he said, it's not organized, but it's organized. It's quiet and reverent, but nobody's telling anybody to do anything. There are prayer groups of people praying, people on the ground, in the grass, People laying down, people speaking in tongues, people praying. You go inside the sanctuary, and it's a hush of holy, holy presence of God. People are singing. People are worshiping. Nobody's asking, would you worship? Oh, please come to the altar. Oh, please stand up and praise God. Nobody's saying a word. Nobody's asking anybody to do one thing. Nobody's hyped up. Nobody's screaming and yelling. They're just worshiping, praising God. I don't know what's going to happen there. I have no idea, but I definitely will not ever speak against the God moving in somebody's life. If you're humble, God shows up. If you're teachable, God shows up. If you're grateful, God shows up. If you have a teachable spirit, God shows up. Have you ever noticed the Bible again? It's a very noisy book. Uh, Wisdom cries out. Proverbs 8. Loud singing is encouraged. Psalms 66. Cymbals crash in praise. Psalms 150. God shouts aloud. Isaiah 42. His voice is like the sound of many waters. Ezekiel 43. Jesus prays with loud cries and tears. Hebrews 5. And even... Creation groans, Romans 8. In the early 60s, when they began to point radio telescopes out into the cosmos, many of you have seen pictures of them. They're as big around as this building. And what they do is they listen for sounds, radio waves. They notice something interesting. Every planet, the Bible talks about that if we don't praise Him, the rocks will cry out. You know what? I don't know the depth of all that scripture, but they're already crying. The earth vibrates in the key of C, Mars vibrates in the key of E flat. Saturn vibrates in the key of G minor when you if you could hear in space and you can't because there's no there's no atmosphere but if you could hear with your spiritual ears in space every body in the universe there is a sound emanating from that celestial body pulsars are p- There is so much sound going on in this universe. And sometimes we come into the house of God with our hands folded because our life was rough that day. But yet there was a God who died for me when I was yet a sinner. He died on a grave, put in a grave. He was tortured and spit upon. And I personally can tell you I've sat through services where I've sat in my pew and I have not done done my best to worship God. I've let the pressures of life make me halt to a coast to where nothing is happening in me. And I feel dead and I feel cold inside. If you feel that way tonight, there is a place. That God can touch you. But the first thing you need to do is start making a sound. Is you need to start lifting your voice to heaven. You need to allow yourself to get to a place where it doesn't matter who's watching me. Who is who is around me, it doesn't matter. Young people, nobody's watching you. I remember as a young person, I I wouldn't raise my hand because I was afraid somebody would make fun of me. Nobody's going to make fun of you. In fact, we think it's silly when you sit there and don't do anything. You look pretty normal when you've got your hand raised in an apostolic church, because that's what most people should be doing. And if you're too cool that when you bring your boyfriend or your girlfriend here that you can't raise your hand to heaven, my God, help you. Because one of these days when the trump of God sounds, you're going to wish you came to the house of God and made a noise, made the voice of the sound of trumpet the sound of triumph, the sound of glory, the sound of thankfulness for what God has done for you, the sound of what God has taken you through, the, the things God has saved you through. Some of you young people have been raised in godly homes. I had a young, I had a young man, 32 years old, young to me, I'm going to be real with you. I'll be appropriate, but I'll be real. His dad was a drug addict. His dad began to sell his little five-year-old son for drug money. And you know what I mean by sell. This went on from the age of five until the age of 12 when the young boy could stand up for himself and said, no, dad, I'm not going. The trauma in this man's life, I, I, I can't wrap my head around. He feels filthy, ashamed, riddled by drug addiction, fentanyl, diluted cocaine, Some people would wag their finger at him and judge him. I'm just like, I don't know how you're still standing. He needs the Lord 100%. But right now he doesn't have the Lord, and so fentanyl makes the pain go away. Fentanyl makes the shame go away. I know some of us don't understand. I don't understand. I have not, I, I I've had some things in my life that I'm not proud of, but I have not I've not ever faced anything like that. When I look at his life, like my God, how are you here? How are you alive? But yet he is. Last I heard, he was still working to stay in recovery. We talked about forgiveness. I explained to him. Forgiving your father doesn't mean you absolve him of his wrongdoing. Forgiveness just gets the monkey off your back. It releases you. It doesn't give them a holy pass. It just says, I tell people all the time, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to go hang around them. Sometimes you forgive them and you, you set good boundaries in place. You don't go back around them again. Turn the other cheek has been often mispreached. It's not telling you to get smacked on this side, forgive them, and then go back for your other smacking. It's not what it's saying. And many people in, in the lack of wisdom keep exposing themselves to trauma and, and, and toxic relationships and that's not what God wants for your, little, your life. Forgive him. Move on. Hope, hope to see you in heaven. But you're not coming into my house again. That's not unforgiveness. That's a boundary. That's just standing for what's right. Are you ready to release a sound tonight as we all stand together? I've asked them to sing a, sa- a song. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song. I glorify him with thanksgiving. This will praise the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hoofs. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him and seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. Then people will settle there and possess it. The children of his servants will inherit it. And those who love his name will dwell therein. Somebody begin to release the sound of worship somebody begin to release the sound of your praise somebody let God do a work in your life